0: In today's show, I'll be breaking down the latest technical analysis, as well as breaking news just in the former SEC and Federal Reserve Bank of New York, Norman Reed, announced as the new CEO of Binance U.S., like, what? Serious? We'll also be discussing the latest from Max Kaiser, who recently shared, we help boost El Salvador's bonds 90% this year. We can help Javier Malay escape the IMF, central banking terrorist, and get Argentina's economy rocking. Hope to be landing in Buenos Aires soon. Let's go. He also says that President Bukele plus Bitcoin have reinvented the nation state. Governance is being redefined in the Bitcoin age. A true meritocracy and universal economic freedom is rising in El Salvador, Social Ideas are on their deathbed. Can the Bukele model of Bukele Nomics be exported to another country? We will go to Argentina and discuss this with Javier Millay. Can't freaking wait. Also, breaking news Mark Cuban loses $870,000 worth of Ethereum in his MetaMask hot wallet with a hack. Rough. Also, in today's show, Gemini legal team accuses DCG, the digital currency group, of gaslighting Genesis creditors. We'll also be discussing BitGo and Swan unveil plans for a Bitcoin only trust company. That's right, the trust company will target institutional investors in the United States as asset managers line up for the Bitcoin spot ETF. Send it. We'll also be discussing Bitcoin price all time high will precede the 2024 having, According to this latest prediction by uh, BitQuant, quoting him here, no. Bitcoin is not going to top before the halving. Yes, it is going to reach a new all-time high before the halving. No, Bitcoin is not going to 160,000 because the magnitude of every pullback is large. This means it will peak after the halving in 2024. And yes, the target price is around $250,000 per Bitcoin. I'll also be sharing the latest predictions from Max Kaiser with the Bitcoin price action. I recently transcribed his most recent interviews. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market, all this plus so much more in today's show. <laughs> Welcome everyone just joining us. This is pod episode number 1403. I'm your host JV and it is Sat Stacking Saturday. So let's get it. It's September 16th. So you already know we're halfway through the September before October. So let's bring it. Let's start with our market watch. As you can see here on the screen, we're back in the green. Bitcoin up a half a percent for the day, trading back above $26,500. We also have Ether trading above $1,600. And checking out coinmarketcap.com. We're sitting just above that trillion dollar milestone with roughly $22 billion in volume in the past 24 hours. Bitcoin dominance is 48.9%, and the Ether dominance is 18.6%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers of the past 24 hours, TonCoin leading the pack, up 17.5%, trading at $2.42, followed by ThorChain, up 9.5%, trading at $1.91, followed by Flow, up 8.5%, trading just above $0.46. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past week, we have a a sea of green, which is a beautiful omen for the altcoin market. We have coins such as Tun, Flow, uh, Rune, and Ave, all pretty up, you know, between anywhere from 8 to 13%. And uh, yeah, so there you have it. How many of you are currently bullish on the King Crypto? And how many of you are anticipating a further dip? Let me know your insights. And at the end of the show, I'll be reading everyone's comments out loud as we do each and every day in the Q&A session. Now, let's dive into some technical analysis from Glassnode, one of my favorite analytics platform. Uh, the past few days have been relatively positive for the price action for the King Crypto, which has been increasing since Tuesday, September 12th. At the time, uh, Bitcoin is sitting just above uh, 25,600. Now, in this prediction, the co-founder of the popular Crypto Analytics Resource Glassnode outlined that the US CPI jumped by 0.6%, which led to some fluctuations of the Bitcoin price. And indeed, the core CPI, which excludes more volatile sectors, such as food and energy by design, has noted a yearly increase 4.3 percent, but interestingly, the CPI itself clocked in at 3.7 percent, while the estimations were for it to be 3.6 percent. So, initially, the news didn't really have any impact on the price, which beyond the expected initial turbulence settled at where it was trading just before that. So, here's some price predictions coming from the Glass Node co founder. He pointed out that uh, crypto reclaimed the support above 26,000 and is now eyeing a potential break beyond 27,000. This would help it escape a Multi week range. He went on to share risk signals nosedive into the 60s signifies this attitude shift. Profit booking pressure may loom around 27,400 and 28,200, but this climb seems poised as a step before tackling the psychological barrier at $30,000. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the analyst, and are you currently more bullish or bearish on the King crypto for the short term? Please do let me know. And breaking news just came in before I went live and I'm Like, it's hard for me to even accept this, but this is what it says. Former SEC and Federal Reserve Bank of New York, Norman Reed, is announced as the new CEO of Binance US. You can't make this stuff up, folks. What is the SEC doing now? Max Kaiser recently tweeted. I'm sure you know there was a Tucker Carlson interview with the pro Bitcoin presidential candidate of Argentina, who's currently winning the polls for the presidency. And uh, fantastic, almost 400 million views within the first day. Max went on to share, "We help boost El Salvador's bonds 90% this year. Facts. We can help Javier Milei, uh, I'm sorry, in Argentina escape the IMF central banking terrorists and get Argentina's economy rocking. Hope to be." Landing in Buenos Aires soon. So, the million dollar question do you think Max Kaiser will orange pill Javier Millet? I sure hope so. He even recently tweeted here President Bukele plus Bitcoin have reinvented the nation state. Governance is being redefined in the Bitcoin age. A true meritocracy and universal economic freedom is rising in El Salvador. Socialist ideas are on their deathbed. Can the Bukele model of Bukele Nomics be exported to another country? We will go to Argentina and discuss this with Javier Millet. And quoting uh, El Salvador's fearless leader, Bukele, old ideas and institutions crumbled and a new generation is called on to remake the world based on the human right of financial freedom. Preach. Now, Max also shared in regards to this headline, Janet Yellen says Ukraine aid is the best boost for the global economy. Now, this is hilarious and also sincere at the same time. Bitcoin demonetizes war and violence by being finite and unconfiscatable as this ugly what? What? illustrates fiat money monetizes war by violence by turning humans into disposable garbage central bank ponzi scheme preach max kaiser greatly appreciate all the work you're doing you're truly doing god's work you and stacy some massive shout out now let's discuss the latest with the hack from mark cuban now this is alarming but at the same time it's metamask i've been telling you guys to stay away from the metamask wallet for quite some time and also they didn't hack bitcoin they hacked Ethereum. I personally don't trust Ethereum or MetaMask. So interestingly enough, so to read this story, let's break this down. Check this out. Nearly $900,000 worth of Ethereum was reportedly drained from one of the hot wallets belonging to billionaire investor and Dallas Mavs owner, Mark Cuban, the man that once said Bitcoin has no intrinsic value and that bananas are more valuable. Yeah, right. Now, independent blockchain sleuth Waz was the first to spot the hack September 15th at around 8 p.m. So that was last night after they highlighted suspicious behavior with one of Cubans' wallets that the 65-year-old hadn't interacted with for roughly five months, as he shared here on X. LMAO! Did Mark Cuban's wallet just get drained? Wallet inactive for 160 days, and all of the assets just moved. And according to the transaction history on EtherScan, several batches of assets such as USD Coin, USDC, Tether, and Lido staked Ether were suddenly withdrawn from the wallet within a 10-minute window. Now, adding complexity to the matter, another 2 million worth of USDC was also withdrawn and sent to a different wallet, leading Waz to suspect that Cuban may just be moving some assets around. However, a few hours later, Cuban confirmed to DL News that he had gone on MetaMask for the first time in months and vaguely suggested that the hacker or hackers may have been watching and waiting for the moment to pounce. Cuban added that he had transferred any remaining assets to Coinbase custody, essentially confirming that the $2 million worth of USDC transaction was indeed him. But in terms of the hack, members of the community were quick to point out that the opposed to the hackers watching Cuban's activity, he must have done something that led to the security breach. Some suggested that Cuban may have mistakenly signed a malicious transaction, while others asserted his private keys were compromised given that the funds were directly transferred out of his wallets. What do you guys personally think, chat? Please let me know in the comments below. This is not the first time Cuban has been taking a hit on the crypto market. Back in June of 2021, Cuban lost an unspecified amount of capital on what he called a rug pull after the Algo stablecoin project called Iron Finance imploded amid a supposed bank run. So there you have it. Mark Cuban has a bad track record in crypto. Just pointing out the obvious, fam. How many of you guys think that it was a legitimate hack? Let me know your thoughts. Or how many of you think he maybe have just moved it around? and don't want to claim it. Who knows? I mean, there's infinite possibilities. No one really knows. But I'll be keeping you posted with the latest developments. We all know Mark Cuban is a multi-billionaire. So obviously, a $900,000 loss is not going to affect him. He's not going to lose any sleep over it. But what if you were to get hacked worth of $900,000 of crypto? So again, red alert. Be very careful with wallets such as MetaMass. Just saying. Now for the latest between the Digital Currency Group and Gemini with the ongoing saga as it continues. Lawyers representing Gemini Trust have pushed back against the plan proposed by DCG for the creditors at Genesis Global in the filing yesterday, September 15th in the U.S. Bankruptcy Court for the Southern District in New York. New York, where you at? The legal team accused DCG of gaslighting Genesis creditors through contrived, misleading, and inaccurate assertions in a recovery plan. Now the plan, filed in Bankruptcy Court September 13, three days ago, claimed unsecured creditors could have a 70 to 90% recovery with a meaningful portion of the recovery in digital currencies, while Gemini Earn users would expect an approximately 95 to 110% recovery for their claims. This seemed like a red flag when I initially read the story. I'm like, how are they going to get back 110%? Does that make any sense? So now I'm starting to understand maybe they were gaslighting. What are your thoughts, chat? According to the legal team, DCG was attempting to bait the Gemini lenders in to accepting the deal that would allow the company to pay less than it allegedly owed. Lawyers called on the firm to significantly improve the terms of the loans provided to Genesis and not use Genesis's bankruptcy proceedings to cover for justifications of the recovery plan. Quoting them here, to distract the Genesis creditors from the inconvenient facts of it facially inadequate and inequitable proposal, DCG touts proposed recovery rates that are total mirage, misleading at best and deceptive at worst, said the filing yesterday September 15th. Make no mistake, Gemini lenders will not actually receive anything close to the real value in terms to be proposed recovery rates under the current agreement in principle. So a bunch of more shenanigans to say the least. The legal battle involved entanglements with crypto exchange Gemini and DCG over the Gemini Earn program. How many of you have lost crypto from Gemini Earn? I'm curious. Please let me know in the chat, fam. Financed in part by Genesis, Genesis halted withdrawals as we know November of 2022 in the wake of the FTX collapse. Side unprecedented market turmoil at the time and filed for bankruptcy later on in January of this year. And according to the court filings by Gemini, Genesis owed more than $3.5 billion to its top 50 creditors at the time of their Chapter 11 bankruptcy filing. The crypto exchange filed the claim in May aimed at recovering more than $1.1 billion worth of assets for roughly 232,000 Earn users and filed a lawsuit against DCG and their CEO, Barry Silver, in June, alleging fraud. Barry was not the only architect and master. Mind of the DCG and Genesis fraud against the creditors. He was directly and personally involved in. Perpetuating it, said Gemini co-founders Cameron and uh, Tyler Winklevoss back in June. The U.S. SEC filed a civil suit against Gemini and Genesis in January for allegedly selling unregistered securities through the EARN program. The two firms filed a motion to dismiss the case in May, but it is still ongoing at this current time. How do you think this is likely to play out? I just hope that the investors get their money back as they deserve. Because we all know with lawsuits, the biggest losers are always the investors the biggest winners are the lawyers and the courts. That's just facts. So we'll see how this plays out as well. And again, they're attacking and going after all of the uh, yield programs for crypto with Gemini Earn being a pretty large one. Why? It undermines the bank's right? If you can earn a 5 or 10% yield putting your cryptocurrency on their platform, it basically tells you that why would you even waste your time with fiat currency in your bank when you're losing more than the actual appreciation of interest because the interest is virtually nothing while you're losing 20% in inflation on an annual basis. It just makes no sense. So it seems, if I had to guess, that's why they're attacking all of these uh, yield programs. But what are your thoughts, chat? Please do let me know. I'm going to read those comments out in a little bit. Now let's discuss the latest with Bitcoin uh, trust. That's right. BitGo and Swan unveil plans for their Bitcoin only trust company. This is breaking news as well. The U.S. may soon have a Bitcoin only trust company according to plans disclosed by BitGo and Swan yesterday, September 15th. The joint venture is pending regulatory approval, the company said in the statement. Now, I love the word joint venture because, hey, JV, JV just saying. The forthcoming entity will handle similar activities of a trust company, including Bitcoin custody, administration, and management on behalf of its beneficiaries. And according to Corey Clipston, CEO of Swan, the solutions intends to offer Bitcoin custody without the risk of having other altcoins under the same roof. As you know, Swan is Bitcoin only, and they're pretty much anti-everything, not Bitcoin, (laughs) uh, quoting him here. For years, we have heard from major clients, partners, and other Bitcoin companies that they would prefer a Bitcoin-only software and services stack that is focused strictly on the best custody and leverages uh, Bitcoin's unique features. The companies are in contact with state regulators about the plans, but have yet To file regulatory approval, Clipston told Cointelegraph we're evaluating acquisition options first. He disclosed, as he announced here through the Swan Bitcoin team on X, as part of our long-term vision to advance Bitcoin adoption, we're announcing a major step forward for Swan and the entire Bitcoin ecosystem, BitGo, and Swan announced plans for USA's first Bitcoin-only trust company. Let's go, USA. (laughs) BitGo offers digital assets security and custody, supporting over 700 cryptos as per its website. And in contrast, Swan's business is fully dedicated to the King Crypto, allowing users to only invest in Bitcoin via a one-time and reoccurring purchases, with custody of records held at Fortress Bank and backed, while BitGo acts as a cold storage for custodian. Now, didn't Fortress Trust just go bankrupt or get acquired by another company? Was it Ripple? You guys let me know in the chat. I know there was something major with Fort- uh, Fortress Trust. Now, the new venture will target institutional investors such as asset managers, pension plans and family offices, along with governments and company treasuries. It will offer cold storage, fraud prevention, anti-money laundering, and know-your customer protocols, amongst other Bitcoin-related services. Institutional investors in the crypto space are at a fast-growing market in the U.S., especially as the world's largest asset managers seek regulatory approval, which includes BlackRock, the largest. For a spot Bitcoin ETF, we also have several large Wall Street players offering crypto custody solutions to uh, institutional investors, which include the Bank of New York, Mellon, as well as Deutsche Bank, Quoting them here we believe there is a high likelihood that several ETFs are approved in 2024 and thus a new round of entrance to the Bitcoin market seeking mature, reputable technology proficient partners for a range of needs, explained the Swan CEO. The SEC delayed decisions on the spot Bitcoin ETF product. Analysts predict the regulatory uh, regulator may postpone a decision until early 2024 as the deadline fast approaches, quoting them again. Our teams have worked closely together for nearly a year on stronger qualified custody models early in 2023, we recognize the opportunity to establish a Bitcoin-only custodian, combining the unique capabilities of each company and supporting the innovators that will be at the forefront of pushing Bitcoin adoption, noted the CEO of BitGo. So there you have it. I am curious by a show of hands chat, how many of you have ever purchased or acquired Bitcoin using Swan Bitcoin? And how many of you are familiar or ever used uh, BitGo? Let me know in the chat. Now let's break down our next breaking story of the day. And that's the Bitcoin having which should be on everybody's mind because there's only six months out, estimated to take place sometime in April of 2024. Now, guess what? What if we hit a new all-time high? Pre having, because that's what this prediction suggests. Let's break this baby down, shall we? Bitcoin has a $250,000 target for after its next block subsidy having, but a new all time high will come sooner. Let me know if you guys agree. That is the latest Bitcoin prediction from BitQuant, the popular social media commentator who sees a rosy future for Bitcoin. In his latest post on X on September 15th, synonymous central banker and Bitcoiner revealed a pre having target of 69000 That's what makes this individual interesting. He is a central banker and a Bitcoiner. I didn't even know that was a possible combination, fam, just saying, but he wrote, no, Bitcoin is not going to the top before the halving. Yes, it is going to reach a new all-time high before the halving. Now, Bitcoin has just over six months before the halving, the event that cuts the minor rewards, as we know, per block by 50% every four years. Analysts argue that the resulting emission restrictions have a cathartic impact on the Bitcoin price performance, acting as something of a springboard in advance to Bitcoin seeing new all-time highs. But for Bitcoin, the analyst, that alone is not bullish enough. Not only will Bitcoin beat its current record set in 2021, which we all know the current all-time high is 69000 before next April, it'll go on to hit $250,000 per Bitcoin after the next halving cycle begins. That's what he says here. No, Bitcoin is not going to $160,000 because the magnitude of every pullback is large. This means it will peak after the halving in 2024. And yes, the target price is around $250,000, which is outlined right here in the chart. Let me know if you agree or disagree with this crypto analyst, BitQuant. Now, market participants are highly divided when it comes to how the Bitcoin price action will play out into the halving and beyond. Some agree that the higher levels are possible by April, but plenty of Conservative voices obviously remain, especially bears, right? Last month Bitcoin investor and author Jesse Myers dispelled any idea that Bitcoin will be trading at six figures between now and then. And in a subsequent interview, meanwhile, Philby Philby, the co founder of Trading Suite, Decent Trader, gave a pre having Bitcoin price ceiling of forty six thousand, quitting him here, assuming no black swan event around thirty five thousand by the end of the year, and possibly as high as forty six thousand sometime pre having in quarter one of twenty twenty four. So there yeah freaking have it. And as he shares here, I'm going to read you his particular uh, post on X coming from Bitcoin. Again, this is the central banker slash Bitcoiner. He says, no, Bitcoin is not going to the top before the halving. Yes, it is going to reach a new all-time high before the halving. No, Bitcoin is not going to 160,000 because the magnitude of every pullback is large. This means it will peak after the halving in 2024. And yes, the target price is around 250." thousand dollars per coin. So there you have it, fam. Again, let me know if you agree or disagree with the analyst. And where do you feel? The Bitcoin halving, which is around the corner, is likely to take us, as you know, the two most bullish catalysts in the market, Bitcoin halving, as well as spot Bitcoin ETF. I hope they both get approved and take place. We already know for certain the halving will take place, but there's a 95% chance of the spot ETF approval in the United States, according to top ETF analyst, Eric Balchunas of Bloomberg. Now for the moment, you have all been waiting for the latest from Max Kaiser. I recently transcribed actually today his most recent interview in Bitcoin price predictions. Uh, Very powerful words to share. So let's break this down. So first and foremost, he says, the world is a very different place and everyone will say nobody saw it coming, but it has clearly been brewing now for many years. And it's like every single day, you can just see the catastrophe inching toward the abyss. You know, it's we're at the zero line preach. He also says it is a global fiat money game. And you see different countries where fiat money regimes are collapsing in real time, right? Facts. Argentina, you know, the countries like this or like Lebanon recently had a complete collapse or a central bank collapse. That's right. And inflation is definitely an indication that your fiat money regime is in dire straits and inflation is breaking out in a big way. It is not going to return to where it was before this latest inflation break. Inflation and the collapse of fiat money is here now. People are feeling it right now and the quality of life all over the world is being impacted by it and it's being impacted in the United States. You know, people can't buy a home. People can't afford food. The price of oil and energy is now starting to ramp back up again. So it's playing out right now and there is nothing that can be done to stop this inflation because the economy is completely out of control. So even the interest on the debt in the United States is now over $1 trillion. So I think it is the biggest line item on the budget, bigger than the military. What we were told for decades was, oh, you know, it's trickle down economics or what you have what not? I mean, and he goes on to share, with Bitcoin, it's kind of the end of price discovery because everything will be priced in Bitcoin eventually. Preach, everything goes to zero against Bitcoin. And so for someone like myself who has been following this for 40 years, finance markets, technology, Bitcoin is the holy grail. It is the end all. I would say my compatriot in all of this is the one and only Michael Saylor. When you hear Michael Saylor talk, he talks about the aesthetics of Bitcoin, the beauty of Bitcoin. And he speaks about it in a way that I think carries the torch from the Max and Stacey from 2011. He started buying it, I guess, when it was ten or twelve thousand a coin or so in twenty twenty era. So we were there from twenty eleven to twenty twenty. I think he's kind of carried the torch from twenty twenty in a lot of ways and introduced Bitcoin to massive pools of capital. I am surprised that more companies haven't followed his lead, giving up the break in inflation we have had, exactly as Michael Saylor predicted, the melting ice cube, as he called it at that time, is exactly what happened. Well, I guess we can say now we're in a new era where BlackRock and those other major institutions are now looking at Bitcoin. So his work on the institutional level, I guess, is now bearing fruit three years later I see in the Middle East they are starting to recognize Bitcoin so that's a huge pool of capital I think all of that oil money will find its way into Bitcoin and be a huge catalyst for the prices it is a natural way for the oil industry to diversify their portfolio because Bitcoin is essentially energy and the energy eventually gets priced in Bitcoin and there is a marriage between these two in a big way so I think that's kind of the answer I have always been fascinated by price discovery and markets and the architecture of how markets work under the hood and Bitcoin is such a perfect money and I think it is something that humans have been searching for since forever and now we're seeing it change society on a really fundamental level with the introduction of Bitcoin and a lot of people are freaking out because of it because it destroys the status quo and a lot of people who have been waiting for it to come along have had the faith that humanity can be saved. They see Bitcoin in those terms. So you have this split going on which is very exciting so it just continues on and on and you cannot, how could you not be interested in it? I think the people who were into it earlier and just walked away just never got it from the beginning. Once it's characterized as an asset class, we have nothing to do except position ourselves in this asset class. Either we are going to be a small position or a big position, but we cannot ignore it. We cannot not have a position. Now check this out. So even 1% of that multi-hundred trillion dollar funds available moves the needle on Bitcoin and it moves it up considerably. He's referencing the $700 trillion plus total addressable market. And he continues, so if we get into the 5 to 10% range, then you start to really see it raise ahead to the seven figure type predictions that people have been making, including myself, because Bitcoin is an asset class preach. And on the flip side, we have what we saw in the gold market, which is the ability to control the price discovery and manipulate the prices. It's real through the derivatives markets. So the price of gold has been lagging inflation for 20 years because the governments around the world don't like gold making their fiat money look bad. That's right. So they make it easy for the huge funds to manipulate the price of gold and to scalp it to continuously skim profits off of gold, which is what they do almost every single day. You can watch it and see it. It's pretty clear. And they are very good at keeping the price of gold and silver down, there's something like for every ounce of silver, there's probably 50 ounces worth of derivatives floating in various exchanges around the world that are used to keep the price of silver down because governments don't want gold to race ahead and draw capital out of their fiat money, scam, and into gold. He's preaching. Now, with Bitcoin, we have the ability to pull our private keys, which is not really available with gold. Technically, people can take delivery of gold on these exchanges, but there's never been an organized attempt to do so. We tried to do it a few years ago with Crash JP Morgan, Buy Gold and Silver, because after the 2008 financial crisis, when JP Morgan ended up buying Bear Stearns effectively for nothing, they inherited this huge multi-million short silver position that Bear Stearns was managing at the behest of presumably the government. The government likes to stay involved. And so I did some calculations, and it became clear that if this short position was not covered, the price of silver could go to 60 to 70 dollars an ounce and it would bankrupt JP Morgan Chase. Take that, Jamie Diamond. So we started this crash JP Morgan buy silver campaign, and we got the price of silver from $15 up to $50. So we got it up to the old Hunt Brothers, $50 level, and then the Fed, of course, came in. They changed the laws overnight to make it possible for these banks to have and carry. A much greater short position in silver. So they printed up a lot of paper, silver derivatives, and they stopped the run on their bank. And the price of silver went back down to $15 or so. So we've seen that it is possible to force capitulation in that silver market. But at the end of the day, because the ability to pull private keys is not like it is with Bitcoin, I don't think it'll ever succeed. Whereas with Bitcoin, you can pull your private keys. Now, I mean, he is speaking facts right here. Warren Buffett, in his own words, has said, derivatives are financial weapons of mass destruction. The central bankers are using it to manipulate the markets. That's what they're doing with silver. That's what they're doing with gold and precious metals. And Max makes a great point. They don't want the gold and silver prices to rise up. It undermines the U.S. dollar. They're trying to keep a strong dollar, right? So that's why gold has been pretty stable at like $2,000 and unable to really climb much above it. Uh, I think it's been pretty stagnant virtually for the past decade. So, with the dollar inflating from them continuing to print trillions of dollars, the fact that gold isn't just continuously going up, it proves that the market is manipulated. You also got to consider as well, there is no scarce asset like Bitcoin. Bitcoin has a finite limited supply of 21 million coins. Yeah, gold may be rare or scarce, but they dump a new supply every year into the market. They can control it. They could invest more into discovering more gold. As Jack Mahler's pointed out, Elon could maybe discover more gold on Mars. Who knows? Bitcoin, you can't say the same thing. Bitcoin is perfect money. It's incorruptible. It's unconfiscatable. And the list goes on and on. So if you had to choice to put your wealth somewhere, what asset class would you choose to put it in? Let me know, fam. And don't forget to check out cryptonewsalerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. Hoddle.